Welcome back to Backward Point, a cricket podcast hosted by myself, Nazar Sayed, and my brother, Bashar. Today, we're talking about Najam Sethi versus Babar Azam. We're talking about the IPL, Ken Williamson's um, World Cup-threatening injury. We're going to be rounding up, um, well, previewing the Pakistan-New Zealand home series in, in Pakistan. And uh, whatever else comes up, we'll, we'll be discussing that. We'll see how it goes. So, As always, winging it. Um, <laughs> what is going on? Najam Sethi versus Babar Azam. Yeah, you want to start with that? I mean, I wasn't on the cards really to start off with, but yeah. let's just do it. Like I'm just because it's sort of I've heard about this, and now it's infuriating me. It's the stupidest thing I've heard coming out of like the PCB in the recent weeks. But it's um, also the PCB, so you can expect stupid things to it, come out of that. I don't know if it's the PCB, man. I don't know if it's a PCB issue or if it's a um, Najam Sethi issue. But he's part of the PCB. No, but I agree. But. Remember when um, Imran Khan was doing his like political rallies, not to get super political, but he was talking about how small men hold big offices. Yeah. I think that's what's going on here. Well, I think the fact that Babar Azam's captaincy is being questioned literally six months out from a World Cup is insane. Um, the statement's coming out. Uh, it's conditional backing. What is that? What does conditional backing mean? Conditional you're, on what? <laughs> you're telling me that the, the only Pakistan only plays one series before they play the Asia Cup. Yeah. And then they play the World Cup. Yeah, you're telling me if Pakistan goes zero five, they lose all five of their ODIs. They ten zero. They lose all of their matches against New Zealand. You're gonna sack Babar Azam and and replace him with who? And you're immediately gonna destroy the team chemistry that has developed in years. Ever since, well, credit to Safraz. Ever since Safraz stepped up, he's created this team chemistry that is the core of the success of this team. And you're coming out here, you're making blatant statements like this. Like, it's absolutely appalling. Um, I don't put it beneath Najam Sethi and the PCB. I think um, they are completely incompetent people. Like, that's just my opinion. I have a lot of um, anecdotal evidence to back it up as well. But they're completely incompetent. At the same time, um, what they're trying to do with Babur, is it just trying to put, them under, put him under pressure? Is it trying to, like, tell them, hey, you know, you're not... Like you, you are fallible. We will get you if we need to, so that he's on his toes. I don't know what the point is, but it is one of the worst news that's come out, and it's absolutely infuriating. The problem with the PCB is that we will never see consistent um, results in Pakistan cricket because the PCB itself will never be consistent because the PCB is connected to the government, and Pakistan's political situation is unstable. So, uh, you know, the government changes, the chairman changes, the captain changes, the coaches change. Uh, we recently just heard that uh, the PCB wanted to appoint uh, Mickey Arthur as as coach, but he declined kindly because he said there's no stability in Pakistan. You know, the government changes. He could lose his contract potentially. And right now he's pretty comfortable uh, uh, coaching Derbyshire and County. So because of the instability within Pakistan and its cricket board, um, he did not want to take that risk, but I heard he has taken on the role in a virtual capacity, which I, that does not make any sense. Again, what is that? What does that mean? This man is coaching over Zoom. Like, what is going on? What does that mean? Like, even us who work corporate have to step into the office once in a while. Yeah. What so is again, happening? back to Niam Sethi, he, it's a political appointment. Uh, this man knows nothing about cricket. Um, and I'm not sure why um, he's putting undue pressure on Barber. We, like you said, we're six months away from World Cup. Um we don't have many ODI matches to go uh, before we can uh, prepare for the World Cup. And Babar has been captaining the team for the past three years. And uh, again, looking at 
potential replacements for Babur. Um, Shalab Khan was under the fire uh, after his last press conference and in in, after the Afghanistan series. Um, uh, Shalab mentioned that, you know, I hope the fans now see why we need Rizwan and Babur up top. And that sort of stirred um, another um, scenario within the PCB. Um, and, and Babur had to sort of step up and, and back Shalab as, to continue as vice captain. Um, there were news from inside that they were going to arrest Shalab and eventually move him from uh, being vice captain. So it's just chaos. And, and as you expect with a country like Pakistan, um, uh, its cricket board, its cricket team is a reflection of the country itself. So um I hope there's there's going to be one day where uh, the cricket board and um, the government can be two separate entities. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, people talk a lot about um, Mr. Imran Khan's, um, I don't want to say reign, but his administration. Um, one thing that was I was very disappointed in was the fact that he wasn't able to separate the two. Something that he's been advocating a lot about. Something he um, really wanted to... Um, you know something he was against since he was since his playing days, and it didn't come to fruition. Um, I was really upset about that. Uh, but the fact that the thing is that these problems that we're talking about are it, like they're they're self made. Like nobody's asking Najm Sethi to reconsider, and unless you're like a journalist who is feeding off of these clickbaits, nobody else is asking Najm Sethi to reconsider Babar Azam as captain six months off. Post World Cup is a whole different conversation, right? That's the, I would love to have that conversation post World Cup, but I need to see the season play out, right? If you wanted to replace a World Cup, if you wanted to replace Babar Azam as captain, it should have been done six months ago, or it will be done after the World Cup. Yeah. Right now, these conversations are absolutely stupid. Uh, I don't put it against. I don't put it be- behind someone like Najm Sethi to make these decisions. He loves spotlight on him. Um, he's he loves treating everything like it's his personal geo TV talk show. It's not, and I think that it's very high time that we stop getting into these ego wars and we start talking about cricket and the betterment of cricket. Because what it's gonna do, it's absolutely it's gonna hurt. Your chances is going to hurt morale. It's going to hurt um, just all together team chemistry, which is the most important thing. It's also going to create a lot of uncertainty. You know, if the captain doesn't know if he's going to be captain for the next series, is he going to be captaining thinking of the World Cup or thinking of securing a spot for the next series? So that's ba- that's going to change his decision making altogether. Babar Azam is bigger than these noobs. Yeah. So he's thinking about the World Cup. You know, uh. I, I was reading Shirvakhtar's book back here, and he mentions that uh, there's been, you know, many cricket board chairmen that have come and gone, um, who have been forgotten over the years. But Shirvakhtar is still a name that lives amongst us. So, um, like you said, small men in big offices, they think they have these influences, um, but but ultimately, Babar will go down as one of the greatest players uh, from Pakistan and and in an overall world cricket. Uh, the last thing he needs right now is uncertainty regarding his captaincy, which will also then reflect amongst his team because the captain makes the team um if he's not captain you know what are the players thinking right now you know so it's it's just what chaos. Do you, what do you think about Najm Sethi as a person i mean you don't know him but as a personality let's say well he's a journalist by profession uh and he's been i, I don't know him on a personal level to comment on on who he's like um but i will give him credit of of you know sort of initiating the psl back in 2016 when he was a chairman um and making strong efforts to bring cricket back to Pakistan. So I think from an administrative point of view, he's a good person, but just strictly cricket-related decision-making, maybe that's not his forte. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would have, I mean, that's a nicer way to say what I would have said, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll go behind that. Um, I just think, I just hope this stupid rigmarole on, um, yeah, cause I hate opening up ES, ESPN Crick Info or any of these cricketing news outlets and seeing the first thing and it's not like something positive. Uh, usually it's like really weird um, news coming out of um, Pakistan, like, hey, we're, we might be thinking of changing the captain, we might be playing in a neutral venue, like, what is all that about? Like, are we not mature enough to make these decisions now? Like, the neutral venue thing, I'd love to talk to you about that yeah. because that's again one of those things that's appalling to me. Um, I mean, I was just I was flicking through, you know, these TikTok algorithms, man, they get you. Okay. So I was flicking through these TikTok algorithms, and this somebody posted this like interview. I don't know of when it was. I think it was quite recent. Harbison Singh was there, and Afridi was there. I think it was the past World Cup, and they were just talking about these fond memories they had of um, playing in Pakistan, playing in India. And, um, you know, Shahid Afridi welcomed Harbhajan uh, to Pakistan. He's like, Yo, I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll take you to Kartarpur. Whatever it is, come, you know, you'll be my guest. Um, you know, those niceties were exchanged. And I was just un- like seeing that era uh, fold out. I mean, we were younger, but just the non-political cricket that was being played in the 2000s where we had three or four back-to-back series with India. Every other year, we'd have a series with India. Um, And it was the biggest moneymaker. It made the biggest stars. Like, we keep talking about this. It gave the fans the the, the most fondest memories. The most fondest memories on either side, by the way. It's not just Pakistan side. It's it's both fans had a great time looking, watching Afidi at his prime and and Kumble at his prime and Tandulkar smacking uh, Sachin and Sachin smacking uh, Shoaib Akhtar and like Dhoni hitting 183 Dhoni hitting 183 Irfan hat trick exactly for like, like those are moments and Irfan Pradhan's hat trick happened in Pakistan yeah right crazy crazy things and Mohammad Asif spell like no, nobody has to remind you, anybody of that about that the political situation that has tainted Pakistan India cricket this will be the darkest period. That is that we're in, and that has followed the past ten years since 2012. The darkest period of cricket is going to be this era, where the two biggest nations don't get to play. Right? It's like again, basketball analogy. Michael Jordan's Bulls don't get to play the Lakers ever, unless it's some weird scheming orchestrated tournament where they're trying to get a series type situation out. Cup. Exactly, and that's the only like we're just basically beating around the bush, right? Yeah. We're, we're having a round-robin Asia Cup where every team plays each other twice so we can have Pakistan and India play each other twice. Here's my point. If India doesn't want to play Pakistan so bad, why are you playing us in Asia Cups and ICC tournaments? If you want to boycott us, boycott us 100%. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, we'll all pay you home series, but we'll play you in the World Cup. We'll play you in the group matches. We'll pay you in all, all the games of the Asia Cup. Like That, to me, is hypocrisy. Yeah. If you're not playing Pakistan, if you're shunning them, shunning them, shun them for good. Yeah, because what is happening now? Right, Pakistan isn't making money. Sorry, the PCB isn't making money. The BCCI isn't making money. ICC and ACC are the only organizations that are profiting off of this. And ACC is smart. They're like, bro, we there is a gap in this market, which is so easily fillable. Yeah, we will make it. So, I have another conspiracy theory where I think the ICC organizes. Well, it should have had yearly events anyways because we have we have players like Tendulkar who only have one World Cup. Yeah, which is insane to me, right? And we have players like Shahid Afridi and others who don't have a World Cup at all, yeah. except for the T20. Yeah. 
So having ICC events every year, genius move. Um, they should have done this a long time ago, but I welcome it. But my other conspiracy theory is that the reason that we have an ICC event every year of some nature is so that we can see Pakistan and India play. Yeah. And they put us in the same group. So A, we have a, a game up front that creates hype for the tournament. And secondly, there's always a slim chance of both of them making it to the final and having a bigger India versus Pakistan match. Uh, example is the Champions Trophy. Yeah, but again, what a shame that the two cricket boards are arguing in public like kids over whose house they're going to play in. And the cricket boards are dictated by the government. So it's it's up up to the governments to ultimately decide. But at the same time, um, 1999, the Cargill War happened, right? We played cricket with India. 2003 World Cup we played. We, ha- we went to India in 2004, 2005. 2006, 2007, and eight. The, that four year, we played India every year. Yeah. Either they came or we went. We went through a war and everything, and we can't solve this, right? I just feel like it's a very, it's a stupid issue to fight on. Yeah. Right. Feelings are hurt, egos are damaged, and this is just a conversation that can be had very easily. And no, nobody's getting hurt except for cricket fans. And the cricket fans are like tired of this shit now. Yeah. They're absolutely tired of this hypocrisy, this runaround. Um, we're having an Asia Cup in Pakistan after years. The last one was 2008, I believe. That's where uh, Stadej Bull made his debut. Like we're having it after years and India's like, we're not coming. And then now because of that, Pakistan is like, oh, but then we're not coming to the World Cup. What what is going on? What are we doing with this? And then uh, I, they they're looking for neutral venues for the World Cup, and Bangladesh came up as one of the neutral venues. I think that's a terrible place to play cricket at. And no offense to any of the Bangladesh listeners, but uh, just because of the pitches, they're so spin friendly. Um, we saw England get whitewashed in the T Twenty Eyes. Pakistan in the past has lost an ODI series there, so it's not the most ideal conditions compared to India, who now have a lot of more, a lot more true wickets that support both batting and bowling. How do you even prepare a squad for the World Cup? You can't. Like where you let's say Pakistan didn't make it to the final, you're gonna play in Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like it makes no sense. Um, let's say if Pakistan is playing in a neutral venue in the World Cup final, do they prepare a team that'll be good in Bangladesh or will they prepare a team that's good for India? Same thing with the Asia Cup. What's going to go on over there? Pakistan has very different pitches than any of the places that have been um, suggested. Lords is the worst place to be suggested, by the way. <laughs> it's an Asia Cup and you want to play in England? Yo, these these colonizers are laughing at us. Genuinely, they're like, you You know what? You guys keep fighting. This is why we left because we didn't want to get into this shit. But now we're going to like offer, we're going to take your money basically. Yeah. We'll take the broadcast rights. We'll, we'll make Lords even more um, of a holy Mecca situation where like this is the home of cricket. We'll, we'll, we're going to make that legacy a stronger. We're not going to make a Wankade a one of those grounds. We're not going to make a, the Ahmedabad ground, which is beautiful, by the way, one of those grounds where like a legendary Pakistani match is played. No, we're not going to make make it one of those Multan or or National Stadium cricket in Karachi mat grounds where you know Babar scores two hundred or Sevak scores three hundred. We're not going to make one of those grounds legendary for those moments. We'll take the memories, and it's absolutely appalling. Like it's the most um, ridiculous thing ever. Both of these uh, chairman boards should be ashamed of themselves. Both of these governments should be ashamed of themselves that they haven't squashed this beef so far. 
because cricket fans are on both sides are just at this point they're upset and they're frustrated. They don't want to do they don't want this anymore. Yeah, I mean we're overseas Pakistanis who live in Canada and because of that reason we interact with a lot of Indian friends even even our just local cricket team. Uh, there's quite a few Indians that we have on our team and we, anytime we talk to them, we interact with them, they're like, "Yo, we want to see India versus Pakistan matches." It's the government, it's the cricket boards. Uh, the fans are yearning for these games for these series uh but it's 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 a tragedy that we're not playing more often whatever your political stance is that's your prerogative that's your opinion you're entitled to hold it i you know more power to you all that pep talk stuff but it should not affect sports it shouldn't affect sports that's just my opinion um it's just a it's just a loss like i, I it's just I'm very upset about this, clearly. And um, it's such an easy fix. Uh, whoever wants to make the first move to solve this, um, that's all it takes. You know, Pakistan lowering its eagle and being like, all right, we'll play in India. India being like, okay, we'll play in Pakistan. This is If India and Pakistan play in each other's homes, imagine like just the level of morale in the nations boosting up. Less hatred. The The... The period between 2004 to 2009 was the less, least amount of animosity both sides had for each other because they had moments where like um, Pervez Musharraf is like joking about Dhoni's hair. That was a viral moment. Yeah. Like if Twitter and Instagram were at that time, that would have been like one of the most viral moments, right? Um, like those moments we don't get to see anymore. And the farther we are, the more animosity grows. And then the more hatred you see online and the more, you know, people are cussing each other out on comment sections, which we read, by the way, so relax. And it's just, it just turns into this whole thing that is out of control and it's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to calm you down here. You're getting a bit more Sorry. emotionally charged. Um, let's let's dive into the Pakistan versus New Zealand series preview. Let's do that. Uh, it's a home series. Uh, a lot of the New Zealand players... Uh, are involved playing at the IPL, uh, the likes of Trent Bolt, Ken Williamson. Sorry about that, but we'll get, we'll get more into yeah, what happened to that, him. That's tough, man. Um, Tim Southey. So they're sort of sending a, 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 a their B-string team uh, to come and play to Pakistan. Um, Which, again, is appalling. Yes. It, we're, we're in a World Cup year. Their main players are playing in the IPL. They're setting a B-team, um, which, which is shocking. Um, so... Um, they're playing a full series, five T20Is, five ODIs, their games in, in Lahore, Pindi, Karachi. Um, I just looked at the, the the squad for the the T20s and we saw Babur as one, you know, making a comeback, obviously. Uh, at the same time, Pakistan has persisted with um, selecting Saeim Ayub, Esanullah, Zaman Khan, uh, Imad Wasim, Fahim Ashraf. Is Saeim also in the ODI squad? Saeim is not in the ODI squad, not that I saw him. Um, Do you think there's a chance if he has a great T20 series that there's a conversation to be had? No, because... So, um, I'm looking at the squad that picked for ODIs and they have Sean Masood and Abdullah Shafiq, uh, which, I, as I understand, Bauer is looking at as backup openers. Um, Sean so Masood has an opener? Sean Masood, if you don't know, has one of the highest list A averages, runs, uh, centuries. Um, Wait, Sean Masood with Imam Huck? Sean Masood's list A average... It's up there with Virat Kohli. Just putting it out there. So uh, it's a no-brainer to not have him in ODIs. I think he's a really, actually a very good ODI player. Um, but with Imam and Fakhar opening, I don't see Sean making the team. Um, 
that is, I think, if there is an injury for Imam or Fakhr, that's when I think Sean Masood can step up. And it's same with Abdullah Shafiq. Uh, he's somebody who can open as well. Uh, we saw him opening uh, against the Fiori, as we had last year, against Netherlands. Um, so I guess Barber is just building his bent strength in case, you know, cricket is a funny game. You can have a broken finger, concussion, anything. Uh, and so you need to have those players and the backup. So uh, Sam, I think it might be a bit too early for him to push him into ODIs. Um, but I think one one player, and I want to talk about players who we didn't see in the squads, um, a player in the ODI squad that I wished we saw was Iftikhar Ahmed. But Babur has persisted with Agha Salban, sort of a life-for-life player, plays at number six, balls off spin. Um, my opinion, and I could be biased because I, I love hashtag FTMania, um, Iftikhar is a much more dynamic player. He He's someone who can play spin pretty well. We saw him hit four massive sixes against India that just tattooed into my brain. Again, the algorithm fed that to me like this morning. Um, and so he's somebody who can play spin pretty well. He He's great against uh, pace balling. He's somebody who can rotate strike. He's somebody who can, you know... Um, play at a high strike rate, handle pressure. He's a seasoned player. He's 32 years old, played lots of list A matches. Um, he's played for in a few big tournaments for Pakistan, so he has that experience of, of big matches under his belt as well. Um, and he can ball off spin. He's a great fielder. He can field in the slips. He took a, a wonderful catch of Rohit Sharma um, in the last World Cup. Um, he can field at the boundary. He's a very fit person. So I think overall, just as a package player, I feel like Iftikhar is a better player than Ankh Salman, and Iftikhar should be playing at number five or six for Pakistan. Um, at the same time... Um, is is Ankh Salman a hitter? Well, that's that's how he is being portrayed as. He did have, play, is, Do we have proof of that? He played one good innings against Netherlands. He scored a 50, like a quick fire 50. Um, but that's sort of all I've seen. And then I've seen some innings of him in test matches. So... Um, I would like to see more. Maybe he convinces me otherwise. Yeah, this um, might be a good opportunity for that. But for now, Iftikhar, I think, Iftikhar supremacy. I agree with um, that. Yeah, at the same that. time, uh, there's also no Khushzil Shah. Khushzil, I think, it's a bit shocking why they dropped him. Uh, he did play the role of a finisher in, I think, two or three matches for Pakistan. Um, there was a game against West Indies that he, you know, he scored a really good cameo in the end chasing and we won that match. Australia? Uh, Australia, I think the game was at Lahore and he played again another match winning knock uh, to get Pakistan across the I just think he had a really bad World T20 World Cup. But, so how can you kick somebody out of the team for ODIs when his T20 performance is rough? I mean, that's a good point, but I just think it's, maybe it's the turnover of the form. Um, he had a really bad T20 World Cup and an Asia Cup. He had like two back-to-back major events where he was a no-show. Um, maybe that's why they were like, maybe we'll go with somebody else. Um, there's only so far that the captain can persist with someone. At the end of the day, it's the player's job to convince everybody that he's worthy, right? Uh, Babur, I mean, Safraz and Babur both persisted with Imam al-Haq, who is one of the best openers Pakistan has ever produced. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the, the most stable top three we've ever had. It's weird. I, I can't remember ever a better top three. It's, it's absolutely weird. Maybe looking back, Amr, Sohail, and Saylimber were a good opening and pair. Ahmed. And Jaz Ahmed at number three. So from that, we're at Imam and Fakhar. Fakhar has the record of scoring. I would say um, the top four we have really good. Rizwan and ODIs, I have reservations, but at the same Why? time. Like, well, he's being sort of forced in the ODI squad. Number four is a, is a place where... What is wrong with number four? If he's coming in like the 30th over with 200 for four... He has 20 overs to go at it again. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just think in ODIs, 
Uh, I haven't seen him, you know, score any spectacular innings. How many ODIs have we played in the past two years? Well, he's played a few. He's been in another team for a while, but this is the first time sort of being set at number four. I think he's... I don't get the criticism of him at number four. I am backing him at number four. Mm-hmm. I've seen his performances. The problem, what what is the problem that we have with both Babar and Rizwan in the T20s? Strike rate. Why? They're both Anchors. anchor players. Yes. So is that what we need in an ODI, in a middle order batsman, that it's an anchor that would carry the innings? I think he'll I- score at a run a ball or like 95, right? And he'll get you a good solid 50, 60 in the middle. I think uh, your middle order should be dynamic. They they need to have gears where they can switch off and, and on uh, where they need to speed up the scoring rate. So you, think, again, you don't think Rizvan can do I, that? I, I want to see opener. him do... Because he, he bats in the power play, so he has that ability to go ham. But in ODIs, in the middle lowers where the field is spread, um, I would want to see him you maybe in this series. And you cannot have these players keep batting in the power play. That's just not possible. You, if you want that, that's that. Like, I don't, is power is like. Uh, I, by the way, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But the argument is, oh, because they bat in the power play, they're effective. Well, you only get six overs in T twenties and fifteen in ODIs. You can't have everybody bat in the fifteen in the first fifteen. So you know you got to make do. I, I I back Rizwan fully. I think he's a great player. He's a great keeper. He's a great energy in the team. Um, if, if for nothing for the morale boosting that he does, I think he's important in the squad. I think the first four are locked in. I have no doubts. Um, the fifth, the, the player is going to bat number five. Haris Sohail has become an enigma in Pakistan cricket. This man shows up for a World Cup, disappears, and then reappears just months before the next World Cup. Uh, we saw him play the 2015 World Cup, disappear, uh, reappear before the 2019 World Cup, performed amazingly, Disappeared again, and now he's back into the team. Um, terrific player, by the way. Someone who's very dynamic, who's technically very sound. Somebody who plays aggressive cricket, who, who's a very good ODI player. He averages 44 um, and a strike rate of close to 90. So I like him back in the middle order. Um, it gives me a lot of confidence. We have seen him live play two terrific knocks against um, South Africa and New Zealand at the World Cup, uh, which were game-changing knocks. That's what I was saying. He was the life of that batting order in that World Cup. Him and Bobber were basically the ones stabilizing whatever else was going on. Um, So I think Bobber has that trust in him because he's had those partnerships with him. My only concern about Harris Sohel is going to be his fitness. Is he fit to play 50 overs, to bat 50 overs, to field? Um, Because, again, he's also somebody who can bowl. Maybe a a part-time left armsman. World Cup is in India. So... We could see Bobber get a few awards out of him. Um, you mentioned a part-time left time, part-time left arm spinner. What about Imad? Imad is not in the ODI squad. Um, he is in the T Twenty squad. Uh, How does that work? You play the same players and then you shit on them for one area but not the other. Well, the the inside scoop is that Bobber did not want to pick Imad Basim and Nawaz in the same squad. Um, Bobber, the same player. Yes, exactly. Bobber wants to give Nawaz the clarity that he wants to be to be persisting with him and the team uh, rather than having a like-for-like player in the same 15, uh, which is just putting undue pressure on 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 Nawaz. Who do you think is the better player? It's tough. I think right now, batting-wise, uh, Imad is doing better. But bowling-wise, I think Nawaz is a better bowler, especially in T20 eyes. I think, um, like I've mentioned this in the past as well, Imad is very effective in power play with a new ball, but you cannot waste the new ball by giving Imad two overs in the power play when you have bowlers like Shaheen and Asim 
who are incredible new ball bowlers who swing the ball up front. Um, and then Imad in the middle overs isn't as effective. Uh, whereas Nawaz is somebody who can ball in the power play, can ball in the middle overs. We've all seen him ball in the death. <laughs> A couple so, of times. So, And you know what? He almost saved, like he almost came back. I'm not going to shit him on that. Like yeah. he almost, he almost made it happen. Almost, yeah. Again, the algorithm fed me the stupid match that Virat Kohli blistering innings. Seems like you the, were very deep into the algorithm, man. Bro, the algorithm is all cricket now because of our podcast. I yeah. think it knows that we're creators. But I went into that and um, yeah, the greatest innings Virat Kohli's ever played. But there was a moment where he almost secured it and it almost happened for Pakistan. So I don't know. I like him there, man. Um, And also, uh, just speaking because I'm from team morale and that point of view, I just overheard uh, Imad's interview that he gave to uh, to Geo News. Um, and he clearly mentioned that he was unfairly dropped after the last T20 World Cup that happened in the UAE. Um, and he was given no reason why he was dropped. And Pakistan just persisted, persisted with Nawaz in that time. Um, and Nawaz, so after Imad made his comeback, he is saying that if he gets dropped again without any reason, without any cause, without any communication, that he's going to take a stand and raise his voice against the unfairness that's happening against him. Okay, so what does that mean? What does what does that mean when he's gonna take a stand? Who's the who's he gonna take to court? Maybe he's gonna speak against the selectors, maybe okay. the captain. He um, won't be the first. So him, I've been saying he put him into the Mohammed Amir tank. Like he, they're the same people. Um so there's no point in like uh, wasting the words. If the captain and the selectors don't want you, what are you gonna do? I think you should retire and play the leagues. That's well, he, he also do. mentioned in the same interview that he made 10x more money playing league. So uh, it actually benefited him not playing for Pakistan last year because he played the Big Bash, the CPL, um, and all the other leagues. So Because he's a very sought-after player. He's a league player. He's, like, he's a league he, player. That's what he's turned into. Um, you know, nobody will forget his contributions in the 2019 World Cup, 2017 Champions Trophy. Like, yeah, you were great, but everybody has a window. And he's a role player, right? He's not... He's not. He thinks he's a star player. He's a role player. That's that's the problem. And role players are interchangeable, right? We only have like three or three stars in our team. That's Babar Azam, Shahin Afridi, Nasim Shah. Haris and Nasim can interchange depending on that. But that's that's the most you get in a team. So the problem with Imad is he thinks he's a star player. He's not. He's just a role player. Damn. Okay. He said that on record. Yeah, um, on record, bro. We were also speaking of our last episode, if you haven't watched, was Pakistan's search for their next uh, fast bowling all-rounder. Yeah, good uh, episode. People, people really like that. The replacement for Abdul Razak. And we're seeing Pakistan again pick Fahim Ashraf in the T20I squad. So again, like we spoke last episode, they're looking to groom, invest more into Fahim Ashraf as a, as a player, uh, which I think long-term will serve Pakistan well. Um the one name that I would like to see in the squad for, for both formats um, is Abrar Ahmed. Finger spinner, mystery spinner. Um, I was talking to somebody in the comment section and they were mentioning how we had Afridi, Ajmal, and Hafiz as a bowling attack in the last World Cup that happened in um, in India, the ODI World Cup, and how terrific that attack was, how aggressive Ajmal and Afridi were to take wickets. Um, Afridi had the best World Cup. That, that was the highlight for Afridi, I think, an iconic career moment for him. One of also one of the best bowling world, like world cups that a bowler has had in a very long time for Pakistan. Yeah, it was just amazing to see what he was ripping through these these classic classic players. Like 
Him bull, uh, giving um he him getting uh, Jayvardhan out is still one of my favorite things. Uh, actually, Jayvardhan got out from Shrivakshar. Oh no no yeah you're right. So who did he? Somebody was cutting him. I forget who it was now. At this point. I think it was Dilshan. Um, Correct me in the comments. Like I don't remember who it was, but that spell against Sri Lanka was also like mind blowing. Yeah, wasn't that the, wasn't the Shrivakshar game the la- the Sri Lanka game the last game Shrivakshar played? No, the last game he played was against New Zealand. Where oh man, Ross oh. Taylor smacked. Yo, him. I totally forgot. That's like out of my memory, and I just remembered yeah. what I happened. I tried to erase that as well. I, uh, like, I, I, I was successful happened. until you just mentioned that. Oh, and then Kamarak will drop him. Oh my God. Yeah, so I think um, Pakistan, I right now they have selected Osama Mir in their team, but I don't see any possible 11 where Osama Mir and Shadab Khan play the same 11. Impossible. Shadab is miles ahead of Osama Mir. Have we ever played two leg spinners at the same time? We have. Saki and, and Afridi? No, no, no. We have, I'll, I'll remind you, and it was a disaster. It was a 2015 ODI World Cup match against India. We played Shahid Afridi and Yasser Shah. Went horribly wrong for us. Uh, the the time. What did they both do? Lexman. No, I know, but what did they do in that game? Uh, they didn't take any wickets, and they were very expensive. And Virat Kohli scored 114, I believe, in that match. Crazy. So uh, again, I don't know why it was Hamid Mears in the team. If he's in the backup, keep him in the backup in the in the squad of 20. But if you want to have a bit more variety in your bowling attack, have Abrar Ahmed in there. Give him a few matches. Um, Especially when a when a finger spinner, a mystery spinner is new, people have a hard time picking him. So um, I saw him in the training camp, which is a, a good sign. But at the same time, let's persist. Let's let's groom him as a future mystery spinner for Pakistan. Is he not in both of the squads? He is in neither squads, which was a bit shocking. Just appalling because he was the only one who was single handedly like that stood out, except from the usual suspects who stood out in the England series. In the whole whole home series. Yeah, like he was the yeah. only... I'm shocked that he's not in the squad. Yeah. And, and the World Cup is in India, so he, sh- he should be very successful there, but it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Bobber, if you're listening, I brought him with... Yeah, he listens to the podcast a lot. Go, go to him. Um, Bobber Azam. <laughs> so, five matches, five uh, ODIs, anti-Tony eyes. Um, and no Kane Williamson. So, no Kane Williamson. That takes us to... Uh, what happened in the IPL? Yeah, Kane Williamson. I saw. I was watching a few highlights. Um, it, it's hard for me to follow live matches, um, but I like to watch highlights. IPL again is the hands on the best league by miles uh, compared to any other league in the world. Speaking of, you know, just just how grand it is, the stadiums, the the production quality, uh, the fans. Yeah, jinx. Um, and so I was just watching that game again, and then Williamson was taking a, a, trying to take a catch, but also throw the ball back in, and he lands in an uncomfortable spot on his right knee, and he was immediately in a lot of pain. Um, he was taken off the ground for some scans, and he had some ligament tear. Um, I feel like it's something similar to what happened to Shaheen Afridi. Yeah. And uh, Williamson is now out of the next ODI World Cup. He was the player of the tournament in the last ODI World Cup. So it'll be a big blow. He's one of the five, 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 five um, batsmen. Um, a generally a great bloke. I love to watch him bat um, and just to, to know that he's not going to be in the next ODI World Cup um, made me very, very sad. This might be his last ODI World Cup too. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's pushing his in, in, in his 30s. So you never really know how long they can play. Um with this injury, how does he even come back? You know, not touching a bat for a few months. Um, like, I mean, it makes me feel lucky that we saw that innings of him. Or we saw him play live in New Zealand, in England against New Zealand. 
in the 2019 World Cup. Like it just it goes to show, man, these star players, um, you got to cherish them when they come along. And I'm really upset about Kane Williamson. He's one of those players, unhateable. Whatever side you support, whatever game you're watching, you just love bat watching him bat. Uh, he's had a great run recently, man. He scored a great century in Pakistan. Great scored a great century um, against, uh, against England. England um, single handedly made them win that game. Win that, I think they draw the series though, but they won that that blinder of a game. Um, so like, it's it's just tough to see someone who's like really like at the peak of his career not being able to perform because of injuries. I we do hope him. We do hope he gets a speedy recovery. I hope something happens where he's able to play the World Cup. Um, if anything, just put him in the squad. I just like seeing seeing him around. He's he's a good, happy guy. Yeah, Dhoni still playing the IPL. That's wild. He man. is. He last played for India in the ODI World Cup in 2019. He scored 49 and got run out by Martin Kapdil. Crazy throw. God knows what happens if he doesn't get run out. Does he chase the game of India? No one really know. Um, but to see him play for Chennai, uh, to his fan following is insane. People love that guy. Yo, he scores a six and the stadium erupts. It's it's unmatched. His stardom, uh, what he's achieved in his career, his legacy, um, and and what he's doing right now, even at the, at the age of 40. I saw a video where he was just practicing in Chennai and people at the stadium was full. Just to see him Yo, the stadiums are full during practices. It's crazy. Shame on you, Pakistan. <laughs> Bro, these guys aren't going to see like freaking Babur Azam bat. Half the stadiums are empty. Test match. Like it's... Uh, Appalling to me. And I the pushback is, oh, well, it's really hard to go to stadiums and stuff like that. Fine, but... I can testify to that. Yeah. like But at the same time, like, okay, but like these are the greatest players of all time playing in front of you. Show up. Uh, I don't know if you saw, there was a game yesterday, actually, where um, KKR needed 29 the last over to win. 40 and, off the last 10. And the guy scored five sixes in the last over... ESPN Quick Info reported that he pulled off a Carlos Brathwaite moment. Um, and I think it's bigger absolutely, than that. Absolutely insane. I feel like it's bigger than that. At the same, bro, it's like, it's also like terrible bowling. Fair. My Fair. man's like dolling at 130, full tosses, slower balls. Yo, it's hard to do that. Even if you're defending 29, it's hard to do. It's it's like death over, bro. There's always a chance you're going to get smacked. And um, yeah, bowling might not be as up to par, but still committing to that. And trying to pull that off in any game, even if it's gully cricket, you're you're chasing twenty nine in the last six, and you do it, something commendable. I was watching a, a clip from uh, the great cricketer, and they were doing a watch along, and they cut that last over piece. And you know when it started, people in the commentary box at the time they're like, "Oh, there's no way he's chasing twenty nine." Even after he hit the first two sixes, um, Rohan Gavaskar, Sunil Gavaskar's son, was commentating, and he was like, "Yo, this is not happening. This is not today," um, and one of the guys from the great cricketer, when the over started, he's like, if this guy chases 29, the last over, I will tattoo my penis, something on his penis. And oh my God. just to watch that clip play out after every single six, <laughs> he's just going deeper and deeper into his chair. Um, and they're also drunk. So it's just, it's hilarious to watch. Great cricketer. Um, collab with us, man. We would love to. We, we like your podcast. You're, you guys are great. Um, reach out. Well, oh, or we'll reach out. You guys are great. We would love to collab with you guys. They're they're fun. They're a fun bunch. Yeah. they're a bit loose though. I don't know if our our decorum <laughs> would work with the great cricketer, but I would love to see how that pans out. 
yeah i think that's a it's a good way to end this episode if yeah, you're man. watching us on youtube subscribe comment like i love to engage uh with you guys in discussions yeah man he has a lot of fans like the bashy stands are what we're trying to call them i'm trying to make this happen hashtag, hashtag bashy stands stands of uh bashar um yeah comment and leave us a message we're gonna start getting more community engagement um there is also an idea of soon of like a monthly episode or, or bi-weekly episode where we get fan interactions in, send us your questions, your voice notes, videos even of you guys asking us questions and we'll answer them uh, to the best of our abilities. But I really appreciate the little boom we've been getting in the past couple of weeks. Uh, everybody's watching, everybody's finding the podcast. We're really early in our podcasting careers. Um, not really, but like this podcast has has been a lot of other podcasts and we finally found the groove um, and we finally find the audience that loves us. So it's really exciting times. Uh, stick around with us wherever you're watching wherever you're listening don't forget to rate like subscribe honestly it's the most important thing you can do to support the podcast it's it's basically the lifeline it pu- the algorithms push us we get to more like-minded people and um, build a b- bigger community build a bigger community and hopefully uh, we have big plans for this show man one day we'll take it on the road yep yep let's see let's see um <laughs> this is Bashar signing out yeah this is another so yeah and thank you for watching backward point Cheers.